Praise the Lord. Why will the team come on down from the platform? Why don't we give them a really big welcome uh, and thank you for... Because um, that was the first time that I've heard uh, uh, Noni get up there as well in six years. So, uh, yeah, that's right. Awesome. She did a great job too. So, 12 years for you. Okay, so it wasn't me that you were avoiding. I'm glad. <laughs> Oh, praise the Lord. Well, it's, it's good to be in the house of the Lord again this morning. And of course, getting around his word, which is all important for all of us. I want to encourage you that, uh, you know, I, I wait for the Lord to sort of see what he's saying, you know what I mean? As, as each message sort of stirs, I look, look right early in the week, just waiting for that word, the thing that uh, he's saying. And, and actually what was brought to my attention and, and I was reminded of um, is a word that the Lord gave me when I was down in uh, Perth, actually on the Sunday service, which was just recently um, for the Glory Conference. And the word the Lord gave me was alignment is the first assignment. And you can apply that to different aspects of your life. But alignment, Nympha and Stefan were actually in that service, I think maybe that was that, that one that you're in there. But that word alignment um, is so important because in our Christian lives, in the, our walk with the Lord, we have to align with him. We walk in step with the Lord. And alignment is our first assignment. If you're new, brand new in the kingdom of God, you've only just gotten born again and you've still got your white Bible and you haven't even opened it yet. Let me tell you, that's a word for you. Your first assignment is alignment. In other words, the way you're living your life, the, the things that you're doing, you need to start bringing those into alignment with the Word of God. So in other words, get that little white Bible open, start at Matthew and read through the Gospels, and then when you're finished, do it again. Just do it again. You know, um, I often share how that when I was first saved, as a young 21-year-old, that's young, as a 21-year-old, I, I was actually at the time working as a delivery driver, and I was always eager to get a job, my next job. You know, what's my next job going to be? And I'd sit there and I didn't like sitting and waiting for the next job. But sometimes you had to wait, you know, for the next job. And they'd call you, 28. i go, yeah, here I am. What are we going? You know, big job, please. Big job. And uh, there I was there in the city of Perth doing this, uh, this work. And uh, after I got born again, I mean, like the same week, I couldn't wait to stop driving because I could pull my Bible out and start reading that thing. And you know, and it was like life to me. It just, it just, you know, it, and I knew that there was life in these pages, you know, and I started to feel it, know it, recognize it, and wanted more of it. And I couldn't wait for the, you know, the, the little slow period in the day where you could actually just pull up on the side of the road and just pull your Bible out. You know, and some of the other courier drivers from the others from the same company would come over to you and, oh, how you going, Pete? You know, good. And, yep, yep, shh, I'm just, just reading something, hang on, hang on. You know, and I, I, I just want to keep reading, you know, and I didn't want to be disturbed by, you know, chit-chat, courier chit-chat on the side of the road. I wanted to get into the Word of God and, uh, and hear about this Jesus, you know, this risen Lord, and, um, and understand. But I tell you, there was some alignment that started to take place. You know, I started to read things in there that meant that I needed to make some changes to the way I was living. And, uh, and as Matt brought out, God was faithful. He was faithful and he, you know, proved himself faithful again and again and again. And uh, staying with me and being patient with me, you know. He doesn't expect you to be the best thing the next day after you're saved. 
He works with you, doesn't he? And all the people that have been worked with by God said, Amen. Amen. That's right. You know, key to our new life in Christ is our ongoing life of faith. And our ongoing life of faith is the renewing of the mind. You know, the Bible says that, um, you know, it's the life of faith is the renewing of the mind. But it's one of the components of, you know, our life of faith is the renewing of the mind. The, the Bible says that we're transformed by it. Renewing our mind to the word of God. And uh, we love transformation here at Victory Life Broome. Um, if, if we are to facilitate anything here at Victory Life Broome, I believe it's going to be transformation. We look for the transformation aspect of that. Is that, you know, is that going to bring transformation to people's lives or is that just going to entertain people? We don't want the entertainment. We want the transformation. And the word of God remains key to that and we'll always make sure that we stick with that. I like uh, Romans chapter 12 and uh, verse 1 to 2. Well-known scriptures, but we should, again, be familiar with uh, or familiarize ourselves again with them. It says, I beseech you. Uh, he's talking about urging you. I urge you is really what he's saying. Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, it's that transformation that continues to work in our lives, that confirmation. We all come to the Lord the same way. We bring our old thinking with us. Some of it is stinking thinking, isn't it? You know, we bring our old thinking with us. It's described as being conformed to this world. So the ways of the world, we're conforming to it sometimes in our thought life. And the Bible teaches us here that we're to renew our minds and, uh, and not be conformed to this world. And our transformation into Christ-likeness uh, comes as we renew our minds to the word of God. And, uh, you know, the, the progressives uh, will try and conform the word of God to the world's ways. You know, if you're, we're seeing a lot of that now where, you know, what the so-called progressives are out there. They're trying to get the word of God to, confirm, to conform to them, but they have it the wrong way around. We need to conform to the word of, uh, word of God. And, of course, God's will for our lives is clear in Scripture. So we again uh, remind ourselves that the word of God is received into our hearts and we're responsible for the fruit that it bears. It's up to us to take that responsibility and say, I want to make sure that the seed, the word of God, goes into a heart that brings forth uh, fruit. You know, and we looked last week at the parable of the sower, told by Jesus, and it starts with a very clear understanding that the sower sows the word. Who's that? Who's the sower that sows the word? Well, the sower sows the word. It's God, isn't it? And originally, God put his word out. He sends his word. You know, for the issues that perplex mankind, God in heaven has already given the answer. He sent his word. And uh, Psalm, uh, I like Psalm 107, verse 17, verse 20, 22. It says, fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, were afflicted. Learn the lesson. Learn the lesson. Verse 18, their soul abhorred all manner of food and they drew near to the gates of death. Eventually you get tired of it. So I, I need to change. I need to do something about this. And they drew near to the gates of death, verse 19. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he's faithful, isn't he, Matt? He's faithful. 
and he saved them out of their distresses. And look what it says in verse 20. And he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. He sent his word. God sends his word. You know, if you're looking for the answer in your life, you're going to have to go to the word. You know, whether that's the written, you know, the logos, Greek logos, or whether it's the rhema, the spoken word of God. It's his answer for the situation. And, you know, we all have destructions in our lives. We're all working through destructions of some kind. You know, you might pick out three people and they're all different, but they're all destructions that were working in our lives. And, uh, and of course, it was all due to how we were aligned, all due to what we were doing. You know, the Bible says, um, through lack of knowledge, my people perish. So, you know, we were all perishing in one way or another. Until the word of God came, we started to realize, started to align our lives, you know. Started to, you know, get into a good local church somewhere where the, where the word of God is taught, you know. And started to get around other people who believe the same way. And, um, you know, the Bible says, you know, um, you know we, we, back in those days, we had, we had little or no alignment to God and his word. But our mouths were contrary to the word of God. What we were speaking and saying, and I say it often, the biggest problem in my life was right under my nose. It was my mouth. I was saying things that were worldly sayings, things that had no bearing at all in what God wanted for my life. And as soon as I changed and started to align my life with his, so I started to come into alignment with God's uh, word. And that was my first assignment. That's why, you know, my spirit was, you know, collaborating with me and actually allowing me to, to you know, uh, be hungry for the word and stirring that hunger up. You know, as I sat at the seat, it was like food to my spirit. And that new life just started to uh, continue to grow and thrive. But, you know, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And we see that in uh, uh, Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You know, the words that come from our mouths are powerful. Whatever it is that you're saying is going to bring fruit. That's what the Bible says, doesn't it? Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it eat the fruit of it. The power of the tongue. And that can be either good or bad. Eating the fruit of it can be on the good side or the bad side. So we change our confession. We start to, you know, first assignment is alignment. And uh, aligning our lives with God's will and purposes and uh, renewing our minds to his word, which is what Romans 12 actually talks about as well. And just look at that at the very bottom. It says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God, you see. See, the need to receive the word of God as the answer in our lives and see that our response to it is the key to our victories. And, of course, our living by faith, overcoming in life, you know. Facing situations that are normally impossible, we walk through and overcome. I don't know about anyone else, but I've been going through some impossible situations lately. And, you know, I find that the longer I walk with it, the longer I'm around that word of God, the longer, the longer I keep saying, you know what, I've had so many testimonies in the past of the Lord breaking through in my life, I know that he's going to break through again. So many testimonies. And, uh, you know, to the point where you think, bring it on. You know, we're going to walk through this and we're going to see the victory. And I know because he's done it before. That's the lifestyle. You know, uh, we looked at it and Jesus taught the parable of the soul last week. And I just want to briefly, quickly uh, go through that again. Some of you weren't here. Uh, being fruitful with the word of God is our responsibility, is what we learn. 
uh, from the parable of the sower that Jesus told. He said in Mark chapter 4 and verse 14, the sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. You know, the enemy comes with a lie, a deception, and even a liberating concept. I just want to talk to you about a liberating concept for a second. What's a liberating concept? Well, it's a lie from the enemy that sets you free from God's way. Think about that for a second. You see, he's a rebel. You know, the enemy, the devil, Satan, Lucifer, you can pick whatever name you like, he's a, he's a, a, a liberator. But the problem is he wants to liberate us from God. He's a rebel. And they have a, a sense of freedom, rebels, usually. But he's trying to set us free from God. I know, you think about it. It's a lie that feels like freedom. And he came to Adam and Eve and told that same lie that was set to apparently give them a sense of freedom. But it brought them into sin. It's called the original sin. And man fell from grace and God's goodness. And don't ever forget that. You know, he chose rebellion in heaven and was cast down from heaven. And, uh, and you know, I, I remember my rebellious years uh, as a young a teenager. I remember, you know, rebellion felt like freedom. You know, rebelling against this and rebelling against that. And, you know, I remember uh, the day, and unfortunately it was after my mother had passed away as a young teenager, the day that I could go to school and wear Levi jeans. I, I, felt, I felt like I had arrived, you know. All the way through my school years, my mother made me wear the school uniform. And when after she passed away uh, and my father could get me to the, to the, uh, the clothing store, he bought me Levi jeans. And I, f I came into that school feeling like I was free, you know. And uh, the only problem was is that next, the week after, I was wearing the Golden Breed T-shirt. And after that, the puka shells. Who remembers puka shells? Okay, the puka shells, Golden Breed T-shirts, uh, the beachcombers, and I was a surf. I had changed my identity in a matter of weeks. And everyone was going, who's this? Oh, wow. You know, wow, he's got all the looks and he's got the dress and he was dressing a certain way. What felt like freedom got me into bondage. Got me into bondage. Hanging around with the, the kids that would never have hung around with me because I was wearing the school uniform. And not only that, mum used to make us wear the, the, the grey school shorts. You know. So there we are in high school and I'm wear, still wearing grey school shorts, you know. And, and you couldn't be one of the cool kids. But when I change my, my clothing and my outfit, all of a sudden I fit in. All of, all of a sudden I could sit with those kids now, you know. And I left my other, you know, the studious kids and the other, and I sort of found myself hanging around with those guys a little bit at morning tea break. And they started to embrace me, hanging around with those guys after school. And you know what happened? Rebellion kicked in. And it felt like freedom. It felt like I was set free, you know. And um, next thing you know, uh, my friends were bringing out the drugs and the drinking, you know. So there it was, you know, quick transformation. 
the world's ways kick in, don't they? So we need to see that. And of course, um, you know, what that has to do with is, is knowing our enemy. You know, I talked about that before. Know your enemy. Know his tricks. Know the way that he works. The enemy comes with a lie. The next type of soil, that's the wayside soil. The next type of soil is the stony ground. And of course, it's in Mark chapter 4 and verse 16 to 17. It says, these like ones, likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. And afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. And we need to see that tribulation, trouble and persecution in this passage comes for the word's sake. In other words, its design is to get you off the word. It's the design of the enemy again. It is to get us away from that foundation of God's word in our life, which will bring us into victory, which will, when we're aligned to it, will bring us into blessing. Stumbling is often the result of being offended. Who's been offended this year? Two hands, three hands, four hands. Okay, it's good. We're not going to have a confessional later on, so it's okay. Um, but, you know, offense is one of those things that causes us to stumble. You know, we trip up. What we're going to do is pick ourselves up quickly and get back on with it. Get back onto the word. Get back onto what the word is saying. Watch out for offense. It will give you a walk with God, the wobbles. You know, it makes you unsteady on the foundation of the word. Watch out for offense. Walking in love is always the best remedy for offense. 1 Corinthians 13 says, love is not easily offended. Just touching in again on these types of soil. These are the heart types that, you know, the, the word of God comes into and it causes them not to bring forth fruit. That's these, these um, uh, types of soil. The wayside soil, the stony ground. And um, the next one is the thorny ground. Mark chapter 4 and verse 18 to 19. It says, now these are the ones sown among thorns. They're the ones who hear the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things. Say desire for other things. You're very, really good chorus that. The, the desire for other things. Yeah. The desire for other things are entering in, choke the word. So in other words, there's a competition going on. You know, we're, we're sort of back and forth. We said it not this week, but the week before. You can't serve God and mammon. You have to make a choice. You know, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve him wholeheartedly. We can't be doing it if we're serving, you know, this world's riches. It actually defines it as the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things entering in, choke the word, and it just becomes unfruitful. It's still there. It's still in your, it's still in your life. It's still a part of what you do. It's still part of your thinking, but it just doesn't have all your focus, you see. Here's an example. Can't go to church for a while. Uh, the boss has offered me triple time on Sunday. Nice offer. Triple time's good money, isn't it? Can't go, and I'm believing for a new car. You see, my next door neighbour has just got the latest Land Cruiser 300 series, the twin turbo, and I need one of those. So I need to work, you know, and I need triple time. I've got to save up. Get that 300 series. I mean, you've got to admit, they're pretty nice. The, the, the 300 series is a, it's a nice car. But, you know, 
you know, but understand the smell of a new car interior will do you no good when the storms of life come. That's the truth we need to hold on to. It will always be the solid foundation of hearing and doing God's word that will cause our house to stand when the storm comes. So watch out for those distractions. Watch out for those things, those desire for other things that would enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. You know, we're not saying, you know, sometimes uh, your employment is based on what, the, what you're offered, you know, what's available. And, you know, we understand that and we're certainly not crazy about, you know, um, uh, people that uh, have got work commitments and can't come to church every week. We're not crazy about that or anything. But, but we're just sort of saying, watch your balance. Make sure it's not about you and what your needs are that come in as a priority over and above, um, you know, being in the house and being among God's uh, uh, people and uh, not forsaking the gathering of ourselves together as a scripture that's over in Hebrews 10, verse 25, I think. Don't forsake the gathering of yourselves together, it says. Mark chapter 4 and verse 20, and it says this, But these are the ones sown on good ground. This is the good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100-fold. It doesn't matter what the bearing of the fruit is or how much fruit you bear. The fact is, is that if you hear the word, accept it, you'll bear fruit. And of course, it'll be in different dimensions at different times. Bearing fruit in the kingdom of God is an activity of hearing the word, accepting it. And that means receiving it. And of course, that then means also making an application of it in your life. You know, and you've got to decide how it is that you must make an application of the word in your life. And it's the believing with the heart and confessing it with the mouth. You know, that then causes the word of God to become fruit bearing in our lives. You know, uh, believing it and confessing it, speaking it out, praying it and saying it, as we say here. I want to just move on to another one that sort of taps in a little bit into what we're talking about a couple of, uh, a few weeks back actually, and uh, in regard to uh, the way that uh, faith is like a servant that we send out to work. And uh, we talked about that for, for, for um, out of Matthew 17, I believe it was. Um, correct me if I'm wrong later. But um, <laughs> um, we want to just look at Luke chapter 7. It's another great example of the word at work in our lives. It says, now when he concluded, this is Jesus, all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. Uh, and uh, a certain centurion's servant who was dear to him, to the centurion, uh, was sick and ready to die. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this was deserving. For he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. So in other words, he's not a Jew, but he built us this really nice synagogue. He's a great guy. He's worthy of you to come and heal his servant. And you know, I think all this just ticked all the boxes for Jesus in a lot of ways. But the first thing we must see was Jesus was willing to heal the sick. He demonstrated that right through his ministry. He's willing to heal the sick. Proverbs 107.20 says he, what does it say? It says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Where's the answer for healing? It's in his word. We go to his word. A centurion remains, um, a, this, this centurion remains a very clear example 
uh, for all of us on sending faith out to complete a task, like a servant would, sending him out to do the work. He makes it clear and says, just say the word and my servant will be healed. He understands that the word just needs to be sent. You send the word out. We release it. Amen. Luke chapter 7 and verse 6 to 8. And then Jesus went with him. And when he was ready, already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself for, uh, sorry, do not trouble yourself for I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. His humility. I'm not even, you know, of this religion. I'm not worthy to have you even in my house, you know. And he's, you know, so he's, as I say, he's ticking all the boxes here and uh, uh, all the things that he's doing. Therefore, I do not even think myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and my servant will be healed. For I am also, get this, I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come. And he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. What's he got? He's got a good understanding, hasn't he? He's got a good understanding of how faith works. It's like a servant you send out to work for you. You know, we were talking about this the other week, and I said, how many scriptures are you standing on at the moment? Because that's your faith. Is it out to work? You know, if someone says, you know, how's your faith going? It's at work. It's out there. I've released it. I'm praying it. I'm saying it. I've got it out there. You know, what you don't want is a servant house full of servants just sitting there not working for you. You want them out there. And that is what that scripture in Matthew um, 17 was all about. The centurion gets it. And the word of God spoken from a believing heart carries the authority of heaven to heal the sick. And faith is like that servant that we send out to get the job done. Luke chapter 7. And verse 9 to 10, it says, When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I've not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And those who were sent, returning to the house, found the servant well who had been sick. What a great little testimony of the power that um, Jesus walked in and, and uh, obviously the anointing that was on his life but also a great understanding of how faith works. And that great faith was uh, um, determined to be that of the centurion because he understood how it worked, that you could send it. You could send it like a servant. You could just send it out. And that's what we have. We still have that ourselves. We have that. This side of heaven, we have that authority to send the word out. When we pray, we're sending the word out. You see, the sower sows the word. He sowed it. We're to receive it into a believing heart, accept it. I'll tell you what, we're to release it as well. We're to speak it out and say it, praying and saying. You know, uh, one of my, was interesting, um, uh, speaking with the Sherry's this morning, who sort of covered a little bit of ground there this morning, uh, things that we've been doing in the last 30 years <laughs> and um, things that have happened along the way in that. But when, uh, when we knew that we were to leave country Queensland and that we were to come back to Perth, we, hadn't have, we, had, we didn't have a job offer. We just knew that God was calling us to go back uh, to Perth, where we'd come from eight years earlier. And, uh, and a part of that process was is that we had to think about, well, what could we do? What could we do, you know, in, you know, 20, 21 years ago, what could we do when we landed in Perth? We knew we were connecting with 
uh, Pastor Margaret Victory Life, but she hadn't given me a job offer and, uh, or any, anything like that. So, so we were thinking about what we could do. And one of the things that was in my mind I'd had like on the list was to start a Bible college. And uh, guess what the name of that Bible college was that I wanted to start? It was called Great Faith Bible College. And, um, and I was inspired by this centurion who had such great faith that Jesus commended it because he understood how faith worked. That it was a servant. Faith is a servant that you can send out to work from a believing heart, confessing the word of God, a, a, you know, aligning your life with it and see it come to pass in your life. See it come about. Through faith and patience, of course, see it happen, come to fruition. You know, the centurion's faith was established on understanding the authority of the spoken word. And like that servant, it should be sent out to work. The sower sows the word. And it is as we also receive it, believe it, and begin to apply it in our own praying and saying that we see the power of heaven released and see circumstances turn around which have, you know, otherwise would have gone maybe a bad way. You know, but God's word, you know, God's word in our life at work through our praying and saying and releasing it is such a powerful way to live your life. And we're called to it. We're called. And we have to choose it. We have to say, that's the way I want to live. Amen? Amen this morning. Well, why don't we pray and uh, I'm just going to... Uh, uh, ask the Lord a blessing upon us all as we just receive that word and actually find the place to make an application. You know, sometimes uh, when we, why don't we all stand to our feet and, and I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. Sometimes we have to actually really make it a quality decision. Someone says, what's a quality decision? A quality decision is a decision that you don't change your mind about. A quality decision is the one that says, I'm going to do this, I'm going to put it into practice in my life and actually do this word. Where can I find a promise from God that I need to stand on at the moment? Well, even if you look at the index in the back of the Bible, your Bible that you've got, you may even find topics that are covered that might cover a promise that you could be standing on right now, that you could be praying and saying and speaking out over your life. I just want to encourage you with a word of prayer right now. Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word today, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that it's, Lord, um, the entrance of your word that, Father, gives us light. So, Lord, we pray today, Lord God, that even you would lead us and guide us to a promise, Father God, that we should be standing on at this time, that we could be speaking and saying, Lord, we open up our hearts and lives, Father, to receive from you, Lord God, what promises there are, Father, that we could be standing on at this time. Father, our promises for change, adjustment, even in our relationships, Lord God, Lord, that there'd be a, a, a peaceful relationships, Father God, a cord going on in our workplaces. Father, we ask that you, uh, right across the gamut, Father, of where your word makes an application and, and can be applied. Lord, we ask that you lead us and guide us, Lord, by your Spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now in Jesus' name to touch hearts and lives, Father. Touch hearts and lives as only you can, Father, concerning your word. Father, we declare you to be the way maker and we want to be the word keepers. We want to be those ones, Father God, that, that step into your word, Father. Hold it, tuck it in our hearts, Father God. Believe to see it come to fruition, just like your word declares and says. Father, we want to send your word out to work, Father, by faith. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord. We ask this today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen.
Alright, God bless. Let's just go out with a song this morning and uh, come down for any of those uh, things or if you've got some other need, come on down. I'd love to pray with you this morning.